Greetings in the name of our King, and welcome back again. I pray that the family is doing well, that everyone is doing well wherever you are. That the Most High is also blessing you and keeping you strong. But before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. And let's ask the Most High to bless our class and to give us understanding. Blessed are you, you who are our Elohim, King of the universe. Father, we come before you in prayer, thanking you for your love and your mercy, which truly endures forever. Asking you, Abba, to guide my lips and to allow the words to go forth that all our people can understand and live according to your mitzvot. I pray, Father, that you will bless the house of Israel, wherever we are, and that you bring us into the fold of righteousness and bring us back to you. Abba, we pray that you'll make the time short, that you deliver us from all these evil. I pray you may bring us back into the land of our heritage. In the name of our King, we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. All right, Mishpaka, greetings again, and I hope everyone is doing well. As we go through tonight's class, we will see what the stumbling block is. We will see what we have a problem. We will see what is needed to to be rectified, and believe you me, when the Messiah returns, he's going to set the, the record straight. He's going to make everything right according to his will. And I know that for many of our people, we are so accustomed to doing things our way that when it comes to walking in the way of the Torah, the instructions that our king has given us, we find it very difficult, and um, in many cases, we disappear from this walk. And I'm going to do the best I can to bring the word out. But in this day and age with the YouTubes and the Facebook, all the other forms of social media, we have a very huge problem because we are so accustomed to easy access. We're so accustomed to information. The flow of information is just everywhere that people believe that overnight they can become a teacher, or if they have a teacher, they can customize the teacher according to their heart's desire. So tonight's class is directed towards those who like to post unnecessary commentary in YouTube, the comment board. Every once in a while, I take a peek and I see what's happening. And all I have to do is just shake my head, just shake my head, because I would think by now, people would be mature enough to uh, search the scriptures because it's not like in the old days where information was hard to access. But we live in a time we have the Facebooks, we have the Googles, we have everything at our fingertips. We can download PDFs and read for ourselves. We don't have to have a library card anymore. We can simply go online and check all the different books. If you can't purchase a book, at least you can view parts of the book and you can get enough understanding. There are free classes online. There are so many different things that people can use, audio classes people can listen to. It's unfortunate, but people are not listening. And we also have these Bible apps that you can put on and let the thing just play and listen to all the, uh, the messages, listen to all the teachings and the scriptures. And so much access to information, it's amazing that sometimes we get some really strange, like people are not really thinking. So this class is designed to 
help us to see that we need to really take a second look. And when I say we, I'm saying all of us, those of you listening and those who will listen in afterwards. On the screen, you can see a picture of a mannequin or a action figure with all the different parts. The Bible is in between the suit and uh, the naked action figure. Because with the Build-A-Pastor mindset, the person can pretty much design the teacher according to their own liking. And that's what we're looking at tonight. In time past, we had a system that was very sure, tried and tested. Today, we have the age of customization where people have options, they have apps, they have so many different features in their telephones, their uh, computers, you name it. Everything is, is supposedly smart. And we like to have those features because we can tweak those things according to our heart's desire. In the old times, we had things, like I said, that was rugged, like you see this picture with the old Chevrolet truck. It was built strong. It was simple. You can pretty much change the spark plugs yourself. You can do the tune-up yourself. But today, we have a more fragile, more delicate, but complex system. These vehicles, the systems, everything is more complicated and yet more fragile. Everything is so dependent on electricity that if the power goes out, everything stops. In the old days, you know, things were very simple, stronger, and last a very long time. And we're seeing how people are dumping the old stuff for the modern and it's the same thing when it comes to a teacher. Uh, they want the teacher to have a lot of options that they can tweak and uh, change and uh, manipulate to their own heart's desire. And the Most High said in his word, don't remove the ancient landmark. It's something that has been tried and tested. It's there for a reason. We can't see around the corner. We don't have the ability to look into the future. Therefore, we just have to deal with the things that we has been given to us. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, verses 20 to 21, it reads this way. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not your teachers, your teachers, it says your teachers, be removed into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left hand. Brothers and sisters, I did a class years ago. It was called Aaron, the People's Pastor. I'm not sure if you all have ever seen it before, but it was given the understanding how Aaron was the People's Pastor, one who did whatever the people want, as the Bible says in the book of Exodus, that the people demanded to have a God that they can follow. And he took the uh, gold and turned it into a calf. And, and then he says, well, the people was the one who was pushing for this thing. And so that particular class was covering the problem with these so-called backseat drivers who are always the ones pulling the strings and saying to the Most High, I'm the one in charge, whereas the Most High says, I have given you teachers. Your teachers shall not be removed in any corners. You're going to see your teachers. You're going to hear the word speaking to you from your teachers. 
And I believe that his word is still alive and well today. I believe that the Mosai really intend to have teachers. And I know some people try to find a workaround by saying, I listen directly to the Most High. I don't listen to man. I don't listen to any man whatsoever. Man cannot be trusted and such like. But when you read the Bible, you can see how the Most High have set men up. And of course, those men had some errors and stuff, but he still continued to use men to go between himself and the public. So for us to say that we don't need men at all, then I think we need to apply the same thing to your jobs and to everything, even your public education. Uh, you should just say, well, I'll just turn to the Holy Spirit and it will teach me all things. I don't need anyone to teach me. You know, we can operate like that, but we always find when it comes to the word of the Most High, people don't think like that. They only apply their stubbornness. Um, they reject the teachers, they uh, have, uh, always have a complaint or quarrel or something, uh, or whatever the teacher is saying. So uh, we will look at uh, these things a little more closely. We have a lot of scriptures to look at, and hopefully it can help our people to gain some understanding. And again, this forum was designed specifically to reach the house of Israel. Our people need a lot of work. And the classes that have been designed is not to bash anyone, but to provoke us into change, into changing our mindset, our hearts, and to apply the things that is necessary for salvation. We are not a perfect people. We are broken people. But we can't afford to allow ourselves to fall into the trap that we have been in for such a long time. We need to come out of it. And the only way out of it is for us to change our mindset, change our hearts, and as the Bible says to Shuvah, repent, turn around, and return back to our king. So, yes, we have this problem in Israel with backseat drivers. Um, always having something to say, always have the right answer, always have, the, uh, have a complaint, um, always write everything else. You, you could never say, well, this is the way to walk. They always will come back later on and change and say something else. And you have to make up your mind. We have to make up. All people have to make up their minds and stop being all over the place. Let's move on. According to the uh, Strong's uh, definition of the word pastor, it's going to give you a little bit. Ra means to tend, to tend a flock. The word pastor itself is an offshoot of the word pasture. The word pastor, which means in generally to, to rule, someone that rules or governs, someone that, that uh, directs. The um, Hebrew childly lexicon says uh, to feed a flock, to pastor, to tend, and figuratively to guard, to care for, to rule. The Most High said he, he will give pastors, he will give teachers, he will give instructors, judges, leaders, kings priests, um, you name it, officers. These are men who have been set in a position for the uh, general rule or the guidance or attention to tend over the flock of Israel and to take care of them as they graze in the pastures, to watch over them and protect them, either from themselves, from hurting themselves, or from predators. And um, this is how the Most High looks at his people. He calls us sheep. 
and he has given us shepherds to watch over the sheep. And family, brothers and sisters, uh, the Most High have not changed. He has um, done so in the past, and he will do so in the future. He will set up, uh, and he still has teachers that are around to teach our people. I get a lot of different strange comments and whatnot, and I just have to shake my head because a lot of times the teachings, like, for example, I posted recently uh, the class about smoking. This is a class we did before, but I uploaded it so that we can bring the understanding to many others in YouTube. There are so many Hebrews who are uh, smoking or believe that they can continue to smoke weed and whatnot. And in the class, we expound that there's nothing uh, definitively wrong with marijuana, the herbs that the Most High has given, the coca leaf and those things. These are herbs that are used for medicines when a person is sick or deficient. But in spite of all that was said, and you will see some of the comments, people still argue as if you are against the plant itself when they're just, they're not listening. They're just not listening. They're not paying attention. They simply lack the understanding. So this is the reason why we have to have these classes to continue to spank Israel into understanding. As with the times, so with the teachers. So we seek a teacher that suits the times, one with options built in so we can manage the teacher. Like you have the Build-A-Bear uh, workshop, you go into the shop, you pick out a generic bear, and then you walk around. And if you feel like you are in a motorcycle mindset, you know, biker mindset, you find all the black leather or whatever, and you dress up your, your bear to suit your lifestyle. And the same way we have these shops that people can come in and customize their, their toys and stuff is the same way that they want to do with the teacher. They want to customize the teacher and put the brain in the teacher the way that they want it. Um, they want to dress the teacher a certain way. They want to have the teacher go through all types of things that suits them, but not according to the most high. They're not thinking about what the Most High gave to them, they're thinking this is what we want for ourselves. And here lies the problem, because now you have to wrestle with people, bite your tongue in such a way that, you know, serve the people, even though they throw things at you, continue to go out and do what you're supposed to do. And this has been the history of the House of Israel for a very long time. When are we really going to learn? This is the problem. So we start off with a base model. We start off with a desirable base model with upgradable features. We want to make sure that the model of pastor, the person I'm looking for to build, has the ability to put add-ons on it. I want to have my pastor look in a certain way. He has to have a certain tone within his voice. He has to have the complexion. He has to have the built. And we're going to see some of that as we read. And so we want to have the, uh, the ability to customize and to put the accessories and so forth. We want to be able to fine-tune the teacher according to what we want. We want to be able to have the feature that we can turn on, which is like an auto change in the teacher. Like you have your phone and you can set it where it can automatically adapt to, if it's nighttime, it will switch to night mode. If it's daytime, it will switch to day mode. So we want to have the same feature within our pastor or teacher. We want that 
to be there so it will adapt to our needs, to our environment. It's not the most high in control anymore. We are the ones who has the smart devices. We're the ones that's going to be in control. We also want to have voice command. You know, like you have Siri and um, Alexis or whatever it is that you speak and you give commands and it does, it puts on the music, what you like. Uh, it, 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 it pulls up the scriptures you want to listen to. You are the one who commands the teacher. And that's what people are looking for in most cases. They're, they reject the old, strong, rugged, tough teacher, and they want a more delicate one that has all the different features in it that they can manipulate, voice command, they can have text response, and you name it. This is the age that we are living in right now, family. This is the truth. This is the age that we live. We fail to understand that we are talking about a real stiff-necked people. And we think that life today is much better than yesteryear. But family, if you look at the way people operate, I understand why in most cases, and I don't subscribe to the idea of cursing people out in the street, but I can understand why many of those brothers have to be hard in their speech. I don't condone, like I said, using certain language and even saying certain things, but it's necessary for them because it's required now. When you look at how hard and difficult our people are, of course we need to have teaching and not preaching. But when you really look, in the old days, people were, I mean, they used to have like maybe two days a week for um, church and Sunday or Wednesday, go to church, pray night on Wednesday, Sunday or Saturday. Most of the uh, times it was on Sunday, <clears throat> people used to meet like in the morning, Sunday school and stuff like that. But today, you don't have to travel far to go to any village, from your village to a city to attend to, um, uh, to church and whatnot. You can just put on your smartphone, your computer, whatever it is, uh, and just listen to a, a podcast. You can listen to stuff back to back, even while you're in a job. So you're, you're constantly, you're always receiving the word. You're always receiving some teaching and whatnot. And so because of, of all the information that we have, you would think that people would be a little bit more, um, you'll see the change in their lives, that, that society will be much better. With all the access to information that this world has been receiving, the faster speeds of the computer, the more internet access that people have, the world, the earth, everything is getting worse and worse every single day. The more uh, TV news that we have, we have so many news channels. We have, uh, if, you, if you miss something, you can go back, you can play it, you can save it on your computer, whatever. The more access that we have, the more wicked society has become. So I, I really don't see how having all these things have really benefited us. But I will tell you this much, it's going to serve as um, a voice against us because the Most High is going to say, you had the word 24-7 and you didn't do anything with it. You claim to be Israel. You saw the information. You, you saw the history. You, you read the scriptures. Everything was researched, provided for you and was put out there, but look how you have become. Look at your behavior. 
Look at your behavior. And so when the time comes, the Most High is going to require and says, well, what have you done? What have you done with yourself? I did give you teachers. I did give you uh, ones that you should listen to, but you're not listening. You're not changing. You know that you're Hebrew, and therefore you should change, but what are you doing? So Hebrews are not listening, Mishpachah. We need to listen before we speak. We need to be sl- to slow down ourselves before we speak. We need to gather evidence. We need to prove all things. The book of James, chapter 1, 19 to 20 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Swift, be quick to hear, listen, run, but slow to speak, slow to wrath. Sometimes you hear something, and before you let the conversation finish, before, before the teaching is over, you're already upset, you get mad, I don't like this, you pack up, you leave. And when you're calmed down, you come back. And if you were just patient enough to listen, control yourself, you would learn so many things. You would understand a lot of things. Sometimes we don't like the tone of the person that is speaking. We get offended. We get upset when the person means no harm. We need to change that, that attitude, that mindset. Verses 20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of Elohim. It clashes because his righteousness comes from his word. And his word says this is how we ought to behave ourselves. His word said we need to pay attention. We need to listen. We need to have righteous judgment. Uh, many times people come with the same old questions. I'm talking about on YouTube over and over again when there are so many classes listed in here. And they're about two, three hours long, sometimes even four hours long. The information is there. And all they have to do before they say anything, just go back and check and see. It's, it's right there. It's right there. And here's an example of what I'm talking about. These, this is some examples from, um, from YouTube that I'd like to share with you all. And this is the comments from um, Up in Smoke, Weed, Women, and Other Vices. So about a few days ago, uh, someone, Shiloh, says, Family, this is not right. The Hebrews are all Negroes. Listen to these people on the microphone. I'm hearing heathens. What's going on, family? (laughs) Ah, and this is some of the strange comments. Hebrews are all Negroes. Listen to these people on the microphone. And uh, I replied that um, one of the persons that were speaking in the, um, the comments that were being made that same night, the class went out was actually someone that was baptized by me. You can see their picture on, on YouTube. You can go look at it. It's these kinds of comments that it really doesn't make any sense. The, the class is about trying to understand that we shouldn't be smoking and carrying on ourselves a certain way because it defiles our temple and it disgraces ourselves before Elohim. And he wants us to be a, a pure people. He wants to be a set-apart people. But there are Hebrews who have vices of wickedness, and they will never change, and they will always try to find excuses. So uh, this other person says, what, what do you mean? Clarify the people. What, the people that the Most High chose for himself are not some all black or Negroes, not Hispanic Indians. There is no getting around that fact. So you, <laughs> um, I have done classes on this thing. 
there are people who believe that the color is going to get them into the kingdom, and they will soon find out that they probably are more heathen than, than Israel themselves. And people who don't look black or dark skin uh, will probably be more Israel than themselves. So uh, people got to be careful, and they have to also apply some brain exercises to think. That's all they have to do, just think. If they start thinking, they would come to a better understanding. They would really understand it. I have repeated over and over, if Israel has been scattered to the four corners of the earth, and I'm not talking about 1492. This thing has been going on since the book of Judges. We have been scattered for a long time. We have been enslaved. Go back to the book of Judges and read what happened to Israel and see how we were taken by the heathen even from the time after Joshua. And you will see, that's a long time. And you continue to, to be uh, mixed among those people, there's no way you're going to be looking uh, black or negroid in that sense, okay? There's no way. So all you have to do is apply some common sense. Now, if you want to start our dispersion from 1492 or somewhere around there, then we, we are in big trouble. We are in big trouble, okay? Here's another comment in, on YouTube. I'm just curious, why is your crown covered? Num number one, I don't have a crown. My head is not a crown. <laughs> uh, a crown is a crown and a head is a, a head. But all I have to do is go check, and I put the comment here. It says, you can find the answer here. This is the, um, the link to the teaching that speaks about head covering. So all you have to do, go look, go learn, and you shall see. Uh, common sense will always tell you that when you, you see the problem is that you have people who call themselves Hebrews but stuck with Paul. Paul, who was a Benjamite, teaching Israelites stuff. He was a Pharisee, and I'm sure he knew about the priests who had themselves, their heads covered. He knew that the priests were not female, they were males. He knew that men also had long hair, like Samson and some of the prophets, and many, many priests had their hair pulled to their shoulders. He knew these things, so what was he talking about? And common sense will tell anyone or teach someone to, this. it cannot be, this is what he's saying. But again, our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's just simple as that. And someone posted a nine-stick menorah. Are you Jewish? Whose seed are you of? An Edomite or Amalek? <laughs> and, of course, um, they don't see a candle that is lit. If I had 20 candles in front of me and only seven was lit, uh, that should be an indication that it's seven candlesticks, right? What if I had just one candle? Would that be an issue? See, the point is that you always have to explain yourself to Hebrews. They will get upset, and they will cause problems. And the first thing that they do is that they start questioning every single thing that is put out. They simply don't have any understanding. But when we want to, um, you know, we spare, we, we forgive our people. We try to spare our people. And I posted that, you know, you know it was... Um, it was a gift that was given to me, and you never see it lit. It was just there. It was a gift, so 
as part of honoring the person who gave me the gift, it was there on display. But I, I remember some time ago, I don't remember exactly when, that I suggested to, a, to a, I guess it was a Hebrew, that they can actually mail me or send me a package with a menorah. If you have a problem, you can always send me the things that I need. Okay. Um, some will argue about my head covering again. Uh, some would said, well, I should have a hole on top of my head. Um, why do you wear this? Why do you wear that? Whatever it is. It's as if, again, it's the build a pastor mindset. I will have to wear five different hats on my head um, and switch them around just in case to please everyone. And they would start with the base, like I said before. Start with the base model. You know, like, Rebbe, I like, I like what you're how you teach and everything else. But <laughs> let's take this off. Let's take this off. Let's remove this. And let's put this on you. Let's put this on you. Let's put this on you. Let's do this. Let's do that. Whatever. And that's part of the uh, customization process. Also, uh, the sister said, you sound like a seven-day Adventist. Sad. Now, the, again, the class was about the weed. Um, so what did I say? That sounded like a seven-day Adventist. Did I say you're not supposed? I mean, I don't even know what a seven-day Adventist is supposed to sound like. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. You see, so it's these kind of crazy comments that um, people like to put out with no understanding. Here's another one: uh, T-tone. Cannabis is the bush that was holy. <laughs> The tree of life from the beginning back in a garden. Don't be fooled. That's the mystery that's been hidden from you, the anointing oil. The Most High God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. That's cannabis, right? <laughs> uh, through the burning bush, God is a spirit and a consuming fire. That's why he sat us on high above all the other nation, the other nation, the divine Deuteronomy law. The curse is we were never to drink wine or strong drink. That makes no sense. Uh, Deuteronomy 28. The blessings, the curses, but Israel never even considered. Deuteronomy 29, 1 to 6. The covenant of Leviticus 10, 1 to 12. What is holy and unholy to your Elohim? Not what the heathens say. What was holy? Exodus 3 and 5. Christ never drank wine. That was water in the cup. For Passover, he told the disciples to follow the man with the pitcher of water. <laughs> like in the wilderness, the water that gushed out of the rock to purify you from darkness. Isaiah 28, our forefather became drunk. No vision forsook. The Most High God still to this very day. Israel will never understand fermented grape, that the tree of good and evil lust of the flesh, the mark of the beast, and Israel love it so. If, if that what's in your blood you will suffer the wine cup of God's wrath. Christ shed his blood to redeem you from your filth and atoning blood of the grape unclean and holy, not my words, but the most high words of life. So all you cannabis users, enjoy the Holy Spirit, the Father, Isaiah 61, 1-4. Peace and love, the resurrection is real. 1 John 4, 1-21. Family, what do you all think about this? Does this... I don't know if this was a Hebrew or not, but I can tell this person 
loves and maybe perhaps loves to smoke and wants to continue smoking. So there's nothing I can do about that. If I turn the comment off that people can't comment, they will say, uh, you're afraid, brother. If I leave it on, people will abuse it. So what do you do? What do you do? Uh, it's not about uh, restricting people from their views and thoughts and stuff, but I don't see how they could um, watch a teaching that is uh, pro-herbs of the Most High, but against the usage of the smoking, that form, and also the use of herbs when you're not uh, sick. This is also a problem. So they don't see the sense of it. What do we do? We just keep it moving. We just keep it moving. Oh, my people, Israel, how many times must Israel, we, gainsay in our walk? The book of Luke 21, 15 to 19 says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries, all of them, shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. He continues, this is Yeshua saying, You shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause, that's your parents, your brethren, your kinsfolks, your friends, it will cause you to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. It is so sad to see that the Most High made life so simple. We didn't have to take all kinds of herbs and medicines and whatever it is. From the beginning, it was never to be that way. But we have turned to a, a people who like to have our own way. And because of that, we have overcomplicated life and made things more difficult for ourselves. And now it seems like we, we like to depend on foolishness rather than wisdom. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, 23 to 26, reads this way. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your Elohim, and you shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in a counsel and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, unto this day have I even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearken not unto me, nor incline their ear, but harden their necks. They did worse than their fathers. This is exactly the same thing that I said from the beginning. We think with all the technologies and access to technologies and, and information that our lives for some way or the other have improved. But yet it have improved to the point of acknowledging who we are it has given us that ability to make that connection. But there is another side to that sword, which is a double-edged sword. And the thing is that if we don't adhere, we will be cut asunder by the sword. So our people have a history 
from since the time we came out of Egypt of avoiding um, and wanting to have control over the Most High's men, the ones that the Most High send to bring the word. And we turn around and do worse than our fathers before. Not learning, but getting worse. So even though we have all these teachings, it's like you're putting teachings out after another, and our people are just not listening. They're not paying attention. They're not paying attention. Very, very, very sad. The book of Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, is also letting us know the problem with Israel. It says, Moreover he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause your belly to eat, and fill your bowels with this roll that I give you. Then I did eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get you unto the house of Israel, and speak my, with my words unto them. For you are not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Now, this is no different from the disciples going out. Those disciples were going out to their own people. Verse 6 says, Not too many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words you can't not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto you. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto you, for they will not hearken unto me. You see how it works? The Most High send the teacher out as a representative of himself. Sometimes the teachers go out to be rough and tough because the people are rough and tough. And sometimes the teachers go out with education, with information to instruct, to guide. It depends. It depends on the Most High. He's the one that uh, fix the teachers according to the hearts of the people. Verses 8 said, well, let me finish up 7. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces, and your forehead strong against their foreheads, as an adamant harder than flint, an adamant stone, Mishpachah, harder than flint have I made your forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. They will look at you in your face, and they will not listen. Don't let their pushed-up noses and faces and uh, attitudes that appear on, 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 their, on their faces, the eyelids, the, the lips twisted, don't let these things sway you from doing the work. Moreover, verse 10 says, Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto you, receive in your heart and hear with your ears. And go, get thee to them of the captivity and unto the children of your people and speak unto them and tell them, Thus saith Yahuwah Elohim, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. So he says, go get you to them of the captivity. So the question is, are we free? Because if we are free, then I guess these words wouldn't apply to us. We can put that to the side. We, we are okay. But 
we are the children of the captivity family, and we have proven time and time again that our heads are really hard, and we will not hear, we will not listen. It doesn't matter what teachers send out to our people, they simply would not listen and do what is told of them. They will always find an excuse, a workaround. We all want to go back to our, our, our homeland, and we always complain about the captivity and how life is, but are we really paying attention to ourselves? And are we setting the examples of being patient and listening? Let the Most High deal with everything instead of us trying to take things, take things under our own uh, control. Let's look at the instructors. According to Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 18 to 20, we have some understanding here. This is Torah is teaching us what the Mosai have to say. Verses 18 says, Judges and officers shall you, Moses, make you, make thee in all your gates, which Yahuwah your Elohim giveth you throughout your tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Pause for a moment. Because one of the things, and you have heard me say this before, but I will say it again. Every one of us tend to group off into groups of those who would say, well, I have a def we have a definition of what just really means. And we start to write out our own uh, definition in such a way that we will not follow unless it fits our own definition of what this is. The Mosai lets us know already in his word, in black and white, as we call it, where we can see, thus saith Yehovah. I have said it time and time again, Moses did not make up his own stuff. Everything that Moses received, he had to get it from somewhere. Everything was approved by the Most High. It was given by the Most High and given to Israel. And Moses did exactly what was told to him, and he stood in the gap and even bare the blunt of the wrath of the Most High, which caused him not to make it into the land of promise. The Bible is saying that you must have judges, and you also need to have officers, and they're going to be in your gates. And they will judge the people with just judgment. This is the word of the Most High. Verses 19, you shall not rest judgment. Don't wrestle with it. Don't struggle with it. Don't, don't play around with it. You shall not respect persons. Neither take a gift, for a gift to blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. This is called a bribe. That which is altogether just shall you follow that you may live. Y'all can see it right here. Follow that you may live and inherit the land which Yahuwah, your Elohim, give you. Don't pervert it. Don't mix it up with stuff. Don't pervert the words, words of the righteous. Okay? In 17 verses 8 to 13 says, If there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates. Then shall you arise and get you up into the place 
which Yahweh Elohim shall choose. And you shall come unto the priests, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days and inquire, and they shall show you the sentence of judgment. They are the ones that the Most High has given the responsibility, and they will show you the sentence of the judgment. You shall do according to the sentence. Verses 10, one more time. You shall do according to the sentence. So there's no builder pastor here. The pastor, as we looked at for the definition, it means a ruler. Let's go back here so we all can see it. To tend to the flock, to pastor it, generally to rule. Figuratively, to guard, to care for, to rule. And so the Mosai has given these men to rule over Israel, to govern them. You shall do according to the sentence. You shall observe to do according to all that they inform you. All that they inform you. Where are they getting the information from? It's coming from the Most High. His words. And all the judgment comes from His word. Not something that people are making up. Nothing that you can change and say, well, I want something different. Like I want a Coke. I want an orange Sprite. I want, um, I want to mix it up, a little strawberry juice in there. I want to mix it up and have my own flavor and stuff. The Mosai says you cannot pervert the thing. It has to be done a certain way. Verses 11 says, according to the sentence of the law, this is what we have, the Torah, which they shall teach you. So they're going to read from the words, the source of judgment that the Mosai has already placed. They're going to read from that. They're going to tell you and explain it to you and tell you, this is what it is. And according to the judgment which they shall tell you, you shall do. Now, here in America, as do in European countries, in Canada, and many other places, you have different judges. They are all, like in the state of New York, you have not just the state of New York, but you have local courts, the Supreme Court, the High Court of New York, and you got lower courts and so forth. Then you have the Supreme Court itself of all 50 states, right? Now, judges vary from courtroom to courtroom. They're all looking at the same law, and you'd be surprised how one judge would say, okay, this is what it is, and... You have one law that states that if a person jaywalks, for example, they need to be fined maybe $50 or whatever it is. And one judge would say, okay, I'll just charge you $25. And the other one will let the person go or maybe charge them uh, $50, nothing more than $50 because the law states whatever it is. Or the judge may say you're going to do community service and pick up trash or whatever it is. So you have two different judges, same law. But they will tell, put the sentence out, and guess what? People go out and they do what the judges say. Now, you, of course, you can appeal to a higher court, but um, sometimes you'll be surprised when you go to a higher court, they will strike it down and says, whatever the local court says, we stand by that. So you spend a whole lot of money just to find out that you got to still do the thing that was put on you. So we are so obedient to. The judges, we respect them. 
You come to the court, they tell you, take all these devices off of you, turn your phone off, make sure you're dressed good, whatever, before you come to the court. You can't come like a bum. You have to be respectful. You can't talk in the court. All of these things are laws within the court. We go to the courtroom where we respect it, but when we come to the Most High business, we disrespect what the Most High have set up. It makes no sense. Okay? According to the sentence of the law, which they shall teach you, and according to the judgments which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence which they shall show you to the right hand nor to the left. Now, of course, there will be some boasters that would say, I am not listening to this thing until the Messiah return. There is always going to be that lone wolf that decide. But what is amazing to me is that the lone wolf really, by application, they're not really lone. They're lone to themselves and keeping certain things, but they always need a crowd because you know a lone wolf because they're always howling around. You will hear them. They make their presence known but yet they want to be alone. How, how does that sound to you? You want to do your business, do your business. We will never hear about you, but the fact that we hear about you, we see you, you're not alone. You just want to do what you want to do, but you still want to be around a crowd. You still want to be with the flock, but you want to operate like a goat, separate. It, it doesn't make any sense, and it, it doesn't work. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister there before you are your Elohim or unto the judge, even that man shall die. And you shall put away the evil from Israel and all the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously. So there's a death sentence to the one who, who was supposed to put to, to practice the uh, the sentence of the law. When the Most High said to the priests, this is what you're supposed to do, to the judges of the court, the Betin, uh, they have the rule over the people. They pass the sentence, and the person does something differently. The Bible says you got to put an end to that wickedness because we have law and order in Israel. Every government, even to the smallest one, have to have some sense of law. There's no such thing as the law of the jungle or some wildness that you can do your own thing. Even if you're two people on one island, you must have some rules to govern the two people on the island. Even one person on an island by themselves have to live by rules. Otherwise, they'll die. They must have discipline in order for them to survive. You must have discipline. The elements will teach you that you must have discipline. Your food supply will teach you that you must have discipline. And if the environment and, and nature will teach you these things, don't tell me that you should come around people and don't know how to behave yourself and don't want to apply the words of the Most High in your life. So the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priests that stand to minister before Yahuwah or the judge, let's see what 1 Timothy 5, 17, 21 is saying. Because what we're going to see is that Shaul is actually borrowing a little bit from this. But the only difference is that when you are dealing with governments, you have a dispersion of Israelites among other nations. You can't just kill people like that. This is why Shaul had to bring the people back to Jerusalem to face 
um, the death penalty. This is why Shaul appealed to Caesar because he knew that if he stayed in Jerusalem, he'll be dead. And the only way Hebrews can be put on trial, death sentence, or, or capital punishment is if they're brought back to Jerusalem. If you are in a different country, the laws of that country will protect you to a certain extent. Like we see how um, certain disciples were beaten and whoever his, his name was didn't want to have any part. He was a judge. He didn't want to have any part. What was going on in these Hebrews thing? As long as there's no death, Involving it, it's okay because depending on the country at the time, they allow you to have uh, to practice your religion and, and such like. So Timothy is saying, 1 Timothy 5, 17 to 21, this gives us a glimpse of what we just read in the book of Deuteronomy. It says, let the elders that rule well, that rule well, be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. So he's letting us know that there are elders, regardless of word or not in the word, that has to be respected. These are the men of authority. But those who are doing the teaching, they need to receive double honor. Verses 18, For the scripture saith, You shall not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. I charge you before Elohim and Yeshua HaMashiach and the elect angels that you observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. So. We can see how part of the uh, practice of standing strong and rebuking the people and teaching them so others can fear. Because you go back here to Deuteronomy, it says, And all the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously. It says here, Them that sin before all, rebuke them. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. So part of that is still practice in diaspora. Because our people needed to have instruction and guidance. 1 Timothy 6 and 20 says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings, and opposition of science falsely so called. Because sometimes you have all this unnecessary debate and conversation that makes no sense. And if again, if the people simply just slow down and pay close attention, they will learn something. Instead of just picking up and just running off and making a whole lot of mess without looking at what the Torah have to say that will give us guidance. Let's go to uh, Judges chapter 2 verses 8 to 10. And we're going to see how Joshua, um, when Joshua died, what happened to Israel. Now, we know already that Joshua was a no-nonsense leader. He was the type of pastor that, that didn't put up with any nonsense. When people sinned, they died. He didn't play around. He didn't ask any questions. He just did what had to be done, okay? The book of Judges, chapter 2, is now going to give us a little background of how the people like to build their own leaders, okay? 
It says in Joshua, this is verses 8 to verses 10, and Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Yehuah, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Harris, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. There arose another generation after them, which knew not Yehuah, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Hmm. It's interesting, and we're going to see what happened right after Joshua died. The people decided, okay, we're going to build our own stuff now. Judges 2, we'll read from 11 to 15. It says, and this is the consequences of slackness. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of Yahweh and served Baalim. And they forsook Yahweh Elohim of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. And we're going to see examples of how the people wanted to be as the other nations and the consequences. And bow themselves unto them and provoke Yahuwah to anger. And they forsook Yahuwah and served Baal and Asheroth. And the anger of Yahuwah was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about. So you see, slavery. Slavery, Mishpacha, from the very beginning so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Verses 15, Whithersoever they went out, the hand of Yahuwah was against them for evil. <clears throat> as Yahuwah had said, and as Yahuwah had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. So, because the people turned, as soon as Joshua died, a guy who didn't put up nonsense, as soon as he died, they decided, well, we're going to go and do something. Totally different. Now listen to this. 16 to 23. Nevertheless, Yahuwah raised up judges in spite of all of that. Do you see Yahuwah speaking directly to the people, Mishpaka? What do you see? He says, nevertheless, in spite of everything that they have done, this is mercy. Yahuwah raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges. But they went a horn, or went a horn after other gods, and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of Yahuwah. So the fathers walked, obeying the Most High, but the Bible says, but they did not so. And when Yahuwah raised them up judges, then Yahuwah was with the judge. Listen to that again. And when Yahuwah raised them up, judges, then Yahuwah was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. As long as a judge was alive, all the days of the judge, for it repented Yahuwah because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. So he still had compassion on our people. When we were in dire straits and we were facing beat down, he had mercy and compassion on us, and he sent the judges to rescue us. But again, 
family you can see, he's, the Bible says, he raised them up judges. Then the Lord, or Yahweh was with the judge. How do we stand today, family? Are we, as a people, are we going to continue to be the stiff-necked people? Or are we going to at least listen? And as he listens to the groanings, he sees the oppression and the vexation of our spirit. Don't you know that the Most High, the same way that he put evil upon us, is the same way he can take evil off? The same way that he raised up kings that will be harsh to us, the same way he can change that up? But we see examples in the past where when the Most High raised up hard kings and people over us, we still didn't want to submit ourselves to them. We, we said, no, I don't want to submit to these people. These are heathen people. And the Most High said, no, you have to submit to them because I'm punishing you. It's like you get arrested. Your parents talk to you and talk to you and talk to you and talk to you. And finally, you get arrested. And instead of you learning your lesson in prison, you start creating problems. Well, you're not my daddy. I don't have to listen to you. You're not God. I'm not listening to you. God put you in there for a reason. The Most High put you in jail for a reason so you can learn something. And you're not listening. So thereby, uh, when, you, when you come to your senses and you have completed your, your time, then he will deliver you from that situation. Verses 19, Judges 2, verses 19 to 23. And it came to pass when the judge was dead. Uh Uh-oh. It came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They seized not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. Everybody looks in the mirror and says, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm okay. And the anger of Yahuwah was hot against Israel. And he said, because that this people have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. That through them, through these nations, I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of Yuah to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. Again, when we look at our condition, the Most High gave us teachers. He didn't tell us to change and modify these teachers and put words in their mouth and persuade them to do what I feel like doing and tell them this is not what it is. You mean to tell me you have people who, teachers who are working hard around the clock to research, put the information, to teach the people, and you're going to come, and when you find something that you don't agree with, you get offended, you get upset, you start saying all kinds of stuff, you start doing stuff, you post and all kinds of stuff. Um, why do you even need a teacher to begin with? I mean, common sense will tell us when our children go to school, first grade, second grade, third grade, and the teacher bring out that ruler and knock you over the knuckles. I mean, I know back in the old days, parents didn't take their children out of school because of that. 
As a matter of fact, when you got home, you got an, another set of whipping from your parents. When you go to school, you listen to whatever the teacher is telling you to do. You do it. You do what you have to do, and you learn. And whether the teacher is teaching you correctly or incorrectly, because there are a lot of teachers who are teaching incorrectly. You go to school, and they're not telling you one plus one equals this in the right way that you can learn it. There are other teachers that um, have a, a skill, and they, they know how to make you understand what you're having problems with. But even in that type of classroom where you have a teacher that helps the breakdowns and show you certain things, there's always going to be one or two knuckleheads that will start a problem in that classroom. Like they don't appreciate the teacher that they have. There's no appreciation whatsoever. Verses 23, therefore, you all left those nations without driving them out hastily. Not a delivered he them into the hand of Joshua. So Joshua died, and the other nations just continued to stick around. And uh, here we are today. This time, instead of us being in the land and having to fight with these nations, he took us out of the land, and here we are fighting with these other nations. <laughs> Build a king. First Samuel. Let's look at an example of this building a teacher and build a king and shaping things according to what we want. First Samuel 9, verses 1 to 2. Now there was a man of Benjamin, whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorath, the son of Apiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, Shaul, a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he, from his shoulder and upward, he was higher than any of the people. He was a handsome guy with all the builds and everything else. I mean, people will look at him and say, yes, he's the guy. He's, I'm going to follow him. He has a stature. He's um, well-known, and he has the built. I think he'll make a good, good leader, right? First Samuel 10 and 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because Yehoah have anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? The Most High anointed Saul to be king or captain or pastor or leader over the inheritance. But there was something to it also. First Samuel 10, we'll read from 5 to 7. And after you shall come to the hill of Elohim. So this is uh, Samuel the prophet is speaking to Saul and letting him know what's going to happen after his anointing. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when you are come thither to the city that you shall meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a salary, a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the spirit of Yahweh will come upon you, and you shall prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Here we have uh, Saul being anointed as captain, leader of the people of Israel, the first king of Israel. And the Mosai gave him a taste of what it's like to be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. And this is all done by design. This is why we find this teaching 
by the apostles saying it is hard if one have tasted of the Ruach HaKodesh, deny all of the stuff, the truth that they should go out into the world and to come back, it's hard for them. You know, the Most High will reject them. So they borrowed from all of these histories what has happened, put these things into teachings to let our people know that we cannot do certain things. Once the Most High have, uh, is dealing with you, we have to walk right before him. Verse 7 says, Let it be when these signs are come up unto you that uh, you do as occasion serve you, for Elohim is with you. So don't restrain yourself. Prophesy. The Most High is going to pour his spirit upon you, so prophesy. Now, all of this is not just to prove to the people that the Most High is with this man, but to prove to the man the requirement that he's no ordinary person and he has to walk right before the Most High. First Samuel chapter 10, we're going to read from 10 to 11. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit, the rock of Elohim, came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Verses 11 says, And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that. So they all knew that he was just a guy, a regular guy, but he was built, handsome guy, everything that looked promising to the eye. It says, Behold, he prophesied among the prophets, then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Shaul also among the prophets? Is Saul also among the prophets? What's, what's happening here? <laughs> we know he's anointed king, but now is he a prophet too? Hmm. You see, the Most High was building him the way that he's supposed to go. But we're going to see what happened later on. Let's make a deal. So now we're going to see how this man had changed from the way of the Most High. 1 Samuel 15, 1-3. Samuel the prophet also said unto Saul, Yahuwah sent me to anoint you to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken you unto the voice of the words of Yahuwah. Thus saith Yahuwah of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare not, but slay both man, woman, infant, suckling, ox, and sheep, camel, and ass. Kill everything. Okay? Now this is Yehovah of hosts. So now Samuel is letting King Saul know, listen, you're general. You are a king, but you have the commander-in-chief is telling you what to do. He's not the president. He's the commander-in-chief. He's telling you as a, uh, a servant of the commander-in-chief, Go out and destroy all of these things. 1 Samuel 15, 7 to verses 33. I'm going to read a little bit. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until you come to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. That's a red flag, family. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people, Saul... And the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, that 
they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of Yahweh unto Shemuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Shaul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and have not performed my commandments. And it grieved Shemuel, and he cried unto Yahweh all night. Can you imagine that, Mishpachah? This was an old prophet. You need to go rest his bones. And here he is out there crying all night for our wayward king. All he had to do was follow. And if you notice that the Most High rehearsed the words in his ears that, I made you king of all the people. Listen to my words. Go and kill Amalek because of such and such. So it's not like he didn't know what he was doing. He knew full well. This is why the Most High allowed King Saul to prophesy. So there's no excuse whatsoever. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be you of Yahuwah, I have performed the commandment of Yahuwah. Do you see what Saul said? He's lying through his teeth. Blessed be you. I'm with you. We're all good. You're the prophet. I'm the king. Everything is good. It's a beautiful day today, isn't it? I did all that the Most High commanded. And Samuel said, what is the meaning of this then? This bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen that which I hear? What am I hearing? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. The people, for the people spared the best. See, build a pastor, a ruler, build it. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto Yahweh your Elohim. See, the Most High did not deal with the people. He dealt directly and chose a man that he wanted, and all instructions flowed from the servant of the Most High to this leader for the Most High's people. It wasn't the people's responsibility to make any decision. It was Shaul. King Saul had the responsibility to shepherd the people. But he spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto Yahuwah your Elohim, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. So he blamed it on the people. Listen to the people. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, listen, you, you stay here. I will tell you what you have said unto me this night. Listen, I got something to tell you. Be patient, it's coming. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When you was little in your own sight, was you not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and you anointed you king of Israel? When you are sent you on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore, then, didst you not obey the voice of Yahweh, but did fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of Yahweh? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yeah, I have obeyed the voice of Yahweh. Even when, even when the prophet came and said to him, I'm hearing everything. You received the instructions. You got all information. You knew everything. I came and I said it to you another time. You didn't even say, okay, I'm sorry at that time. You said, yes, I obeyed. You didn't even fall upon your face and apologize. 
And Saul said unto Samuel, Yes, I have obeyed the voice of Yahweh, and have gone the way which Yahweh sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. <laughs> but the people, but the people, took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto Yahweh, your Elohim in Gilgag. And Samuel said, Have Yahuwah as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of Yahuwah? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity of idolatry, because you have rejected the word, because you have rejected the word of Yahuwah. He have also rejected you from being king. Because you rejected the word, especially a direct word, the Mosiah said, I will also reject you. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. So now he wants to say something. He wants to apologize. He wants to repent. For I have transgressed the commandments of Yahweh and your words. Because I feared the people, and obeyed their voice. This is why we have the picture here of an action figure. All the muscles, everything that looks like it's powerful can do the job. But there's so many accessories and changing out things. I can change out what I want. People can have the opportunity to swap out the head that they want, as you see here, the feet that they want to go places, the mouth to speak, I want you to do this. You shouldn't say this. You should do this instead. Do this instead. Do that instead. Do everything. Just do it this way and, and whatever it is. So you become the past, the people of the pastor. The pastors become the servant of the people and not the servant of the Most High. And that's the problem. 1 Samuel 15, 7 to 33. Now, therefore, I pray you, pardon my sin and turn again with me. So now he's asking the prophet, the servant of the Most High, to join with him in prayer. After you reject the word of the Mosiah, you want the man of God to come pray with you? It gets worse, family. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of Yahweh, and Yahweh have rejected you from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, Saul, he laid hold upon the skirt of Samuel's mantle, and he rented it. He tore it. He grabbed the guy so hard, he tore the prophet's clothing. Now, that's a very bad thing. You don't tear the clothes of the prophets and the priests. It's a sign of things to come. It's death. And Samuel said unto him, You all have rent the kingdom of Israel from you this day, and have given it to a neighbor of yours that is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Now the strength of Israel is another name for Elohim. He's not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray you, before the elders of my people. So now he wants to save face. Join me in prayer. Come with me now and make things look good. 
You see, because it's all about appeasing the people. It's not coming before the people and says, listen, guys, I messed up big time. I shouldn't be listening to you. I should be listening to the Most High directly. But I want to be a man of the people and do what you all said. And therefore, here I am today. And that's going to cost Israel. So instead of repenting in that way, he want to butter everything up, cover it up, and just move on. And before Israel, and turn again with me that I may worship Yahuwah, your Elohim. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped Yahuwah. Then said Samuel, bring you thither, hither to me, Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately, very soft, humble. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. You know, you guys not really angry anymore. Everything is, we're cool. <laughs> and Samuel said, as your sword have made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel, the prophet, an old prophet, hewed Agag in pieces. He chopped him up into pieces, beheaded him, chopped him in pieces before you were in Gilgal. This is something that the prophet should not have to do. This is something that was the assignment of the king. Now the prophet had blood on his hands. He's supposed to be set apart, and the king's supposed to take care of this business. Let's look at building a pastor again, our histories. First Kings 11, verses 28 to 33. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. Here we go again. Mighty man of valor. And Solomon seen the young man that he was industrious. He has the skills. He made him ruler over the charge of the house of Joseph. That's the ten tribes in the north. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way. And he had clad himself with a new garment. And they, had, and, and they too were alone in the field. Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take you 10 pieces, for thus saith you are, the Elohim of Israel, behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give 10 tribes to you. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because that they have forsaken me, and have worshipped Asheroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemos, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, to do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, as did David his father. And I will take you. Verse 37, and you shall reign according to all that your soul, your soul desire, and shall be king over Israel. That's the ten tribes. And it shall be, and this is the Most High speaking now. See how good the Most High is? If you will hearken unto all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do that which is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did, 
that I will be with you. I will be with you and build you a sure house as I built for David and will give Israel unto you. And I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam, and Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt unto Shishkah, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now we're going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 12, and we're going to read from 25 to 33. We're going to see how, you know, when the Most High has given his directive to his men to teach, to give his word, to instruct, and not to be persuaded by other things, environment, people, whatever. We are supposed to carry out this to the letter. We cannot make any kinds of uh, compromises. We have to do this thing. At times, it's not going to be a good swallow for many Israelites. But the king, the leader, the judge, the teacher, the ruler, whoever is put in charge to deliver the word and to guide cannot alter things just because of the environment. They have to carry it out, family. They can't do it just because people are feeling a certain way. They have to do what they're supposed to do. It says in verse 25, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim. This is after the Most High promised everything to the man. I'll set you up forever. So he built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein. Went out from thence and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of Yuah at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Now, the Bible tells us that the Most High told Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, to leave Jeroboam alone. The Most High promised Jeroboam, I will take care of you. But the guy said within his heart, he made up his own mind. He said within himself, I'm going to do something different. And this was a problem. Verse 28, whereupon the king took counsel. See what it says? See, taking counsel in this form now, he is not following the direct words of the Most High. If we take counsel, it has to line up with the words of the Most High. It doesn't say that you cannot take counsel. You can take counsel, but let's see the result. And let us weigh and match this thing up. Because the Torah says we shouldn't make graven images and call them the Most High. We shouldn't do these things at all. So if you're taking counsel and the counselors are telling you something opposite than what the Mosai said, we know we have a problem. This is how we know we should follow or not follow. But just to say we're not following because I'm not hearing from the Mosai directly, that's a mistake because the Mosai set an order in this universe and everyone has to follow the order. So he took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Now, this is a huge mistake. Not only are you committing a crime, 
but you're putting the name of the Most High on your crime as if the Most High condones what you're doing, just as with Saul, when he says, I did everything that the Most High said to do. I did everything that the Most High said to do. <laughs> Family, we have to be very careful. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan, put he in Dan. Verses 30, and this thing became a sin for the people. The people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people. So now he is duplicating or replicating himself. He Listen to people. He did what he wanted to do. The Most High sent the prophet, told him what to do. That was right. He could have simply followed along, but no, he wanted to do his own thing. He did his own thing. Now the people is a replica of the crooked king. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like, it's a copycat, like unto the feast that's in Judah. And he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel, the fifteenth day of the month, the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel, and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. First Kings thirteen one to ten. And behold, there came a man of Elohim out of Judah, by the word of Yahweh unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Hmm. And he cried against the altar in the word of Yahweh. This is the prophet crying out now and said, O altar, altar, thus saith Yahweh, behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon you shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon you, and men's bones shall be burnt upon you. And he gave his sign that same day, saying, This is the sign which Yahuwah have spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the sayings of the man of Elohim, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. The Most High is not playing, Mishpaka. We can see that in the presence of this prophet, the Most High did a sign to show the king that he was in the errors of his ways. You cannot do what you want to do. I called you to do the job. You can't listen to people's advice. You can't be this build a king type of mentality or build a pastor type, you have to follow. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar. 
according to the sign which the man of Elohim had given by the word of Yahweh. And the king answered and said unto the man of Elohim, Entreat now the face of Yahweh, your Elohim, and pray for me. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we see the same thing with King Saul? Pray for me. Come on, let's pray that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of Elohim besought Yahuwah, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of Elohim, Come home with me. This is the same thing that happened with Saul. Come join me with the people. Let's have a feast. Come home with me and refresh yourself. Let's eat and drink. And I will give you a what? A reward. You all see that, family? This is a bribe. Let's move on. And a man of Elohim said unto the king, If you will give me half of your house, I will not go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of Elohim, by the word of Elohim, saying, By the word of Elohim, eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that you came. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. So he kept what he was supposed to do at that time. But there are consequences. And we're going to see that the, both the prophet that gave the word and the king was no different from each other. Disobedience is destructions. There's always going to be consequences. We cannot follow the people. <laughs> the people have to follow the Most High's order. First Kings 13, verses 11 to 34. Now there went an old prophet in Bethel. So this is a different prophet now. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The same prophet that Caused the king's hand to be dried up. Okay. He told his father, hey, daddy, this guy did such and such, and the king's hand froze and such like. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. Verses 12. And their father said unto them, what way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of Elohim went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his son, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. So now we have a Balaam. I don't know if you all remember Balaam that went to bring a curse. So we have a similar situation here, thematically speaking. Verses 14. And he went after the man of Elohim and found him sitting under the oak. And he said unto him, Are you the man of Elohim that came from Judah? And he says, I am. And he said unto him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you, nor go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of you was. So you see, he's making a confession. Just as King Saul had prophesied, the word was within him. And he knew full well that everything that he received was from the Most High. So the consequences were high, Mishpaka. The consequences was high. It says, For it was said to me by the word of Yahuwah, you shall 
eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that you came. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as you are. And an angel spake unto me by the word of you are saying, Bring him back with you into your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. The Bible says, But he lied unto him. Hmm. He lied unto him. What's going on, Mishpaka? Remember the book of Judges said that the Most High allowed these things to go forth to prove Israel from that day on. Okay, let's see what's happening. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. I want to turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verses 8. Though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Family, this is a midrash commentary based upon the same thing that we are reading right here. I often say, and I, I'm saying it again, a lot of the things that Shaul is bringing out are bits and pieces. It's called a midrash or commentary and many things that we read in the scriptures. Here you have a prophet went out to, to do a job. That's the gospel or the word that came out. And then you have um, another prophet shows up and say, go ahead and do the stuff that an angel came to me and such like. And so Shaul is born from this thing and said, when we say this thing to you, this word that comes out to you, and if I show up later on or somebody shows up later on and gives you something different from what was given because we have the record to prove it to be so, let that person be a curse. So he went back with him to eat bread in his house and drank water. Let's move on. And it came to pass as they went, as they sat at the table, that the word of Yahweh came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of Elohim that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith Yahweh, for as much as you have disobeyed the mouth of Yahweh, and have not kept the commandment which Yahweh Elohim commanded you, but came back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which Yahweh did say to you, Eat no bread and drink no water, your carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of your fathers. Your body is not going to be buried in your father's grave. And it came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. Now you think that this man, when the word came to him, that he would drop his face and repent. He just went on his, his jolly old way. And when he was gone, a lion met him, by the way, and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way. And the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. And behold, men passed by. <laughs> Listen to men. And when you're done, you're destroyed. And men will just pass by and leave your body there. See, this is a lesson for all teachers. We can't listen to people. Otherwise, we're the ones that's going to be paying the price. And people are just going to walk by and say, you should have listened. 
You said you were a teacher, right? Teach on. You listen to everybody else. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way and the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the old prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, it is the man of God. <laughs> still doesn't change who you are. King Saul was disobedient, but he was still king of Israel. And David did not disrespect the office. He did not disrespect the man, even if the man was off. He still served the king, no matter what. But all of these things happened because Israel was going off. Instead of sticking with the word, we want to go out and do our own thing. And as a result, everyone pays the price. It is the man of Elohim who was disobedient unto the word of Yuah. Therefore, Yuah have delivered him unto the lion, which have torn him and slain him according to the word of Yuah, which he spake unto him. And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way. And the ass and the lion standing by the carcass, the lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. Imagine that. Imagine how obedient, how obedient the animals are. But we, no, no. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of Elohim and laid it upon the ass and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Now, he's not buried in his father's sepulcher because the word is true. Verses 30 says, And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And it came to pass, after he had buried him, that he spake to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulcher, wherein the man of Elohim is buried. Lay my bones besides his bones. What a lesson, family. But it continues on. Now, here comes the king, the same king whose hands were stiff, still would not listen. For the saying which he cried by the word of Yuah against the altar of Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. Even if the prophet disobeyed the Most High, it's not going to change the word of the Most High. Whatever that prophet said is going to come to pass, and it did. After this thing, verse 33, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way. After his hand dried up, after all those things came to pass, he would not repent, but made again the lowest of the people, made again, family, the lowest of the people, priest of the high places. After the thing was broken down, he made again. Whosoever would, he consecrated him. Whoever wanted the job, he gave it to them, made them priests. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. Build a pastor, huh? First Kings 14, 1-16. At that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. So now his house is... Erodin. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise, I pray you, and disguise yourself. In other words, become a lie. 
that you should not be known to be the wife of Jeroboam. So we went from one lie to another lie. And get you to Shiloh, behold, there is Elijah the prophet, which told me that I should be king over this people. And take with you ten loaves. Remember, he had ten pieces of the clothing of the prophet to become king. And now he's taking bread. Hmm. Uh, this is a little hint family of the same dream that the butler of Egypt had when he had bread being picked out from his head. The sign would be broken. And a cracknels and a cruise of honey and go to him. He shall tell you what shall become of the child. And Jeroboam's wife did so and arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were set by reason of his age. So he was old, he couldn't see so well. And you are said unto Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam cometh to ask a thing of you for her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shall you say unto her, for it shall be when she come in, that she shall feign or hide herself to be another woman. And it was so, when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, as she came in at the door, that he said, Come in, you wife of Jeroboam. Why are you disguising? Why feignest you yourself to be another? For I am sent to you with heavy tidings. Go tell Jeroboam, thus saith Yehovah of Israel, for as much as I exalt you from among the people and made you prince over my people and rent the kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it to you, and yet you have not been as my servant David, who has kept my commandments, and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes, but has done evil above all that were before you, for you have gone and made you other gods and molten images. So even though David did some stuff that wasn't what we'd say, um, we'd say kosher, the Most High still regarded David as one who followed him with all his heart. Because David repented. Okay, and that's the important thing. To provoke me to anger and has cast me behind your back. See, when you put the word behind, that word is the Most High. Therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam. And will cut off from Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam, as a man taketh away dung, till it be all gone. Him that dieth of Jeroboam in the city shall the dogs eat, and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. For Yehuah have spoken it. Arise, therefore, you therefore, get you to your own house. And when your feet enter into the city, the child shall die. Can you imagine a mother knowing full well that from the time I return home, my baby's going to be gone? Why? Because of the wickedness in my own house. Everybody's following wickedness. The Most High gave the instructions, and we're not following it according to the T. We find ourselves being cursed rather than being blessed. Remember that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were good, good boys. But guess where those good boys live their lives? In captivity, Mishpaka. 
And why did they went into captivity? Because of leaders like this. Because men who would not put the word of the Most High before everyone else and before themselves and just do what the Most High say to do. We as a people are always making excuses. 1 Kings 14, verse 13, And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found some good thing toward Yehoah of Israel in the house of Jeroboam. Hmm. Moreover, Yehoah shall raise him up a king over Israel, who shall cut off the house of Jeroboam that day. But what? Even now. For Yehoah shall smite Israel, as a reed is shaken in the water, and he shall root up Israel out of this good land, which he gave to their fathers, and shall scatter them beyond the river, because they have made their groves provoking Yehoah to anger. And he shall give Israel up because of the sins of Jeroboam, who did sin and who made Israel to sin. Let's look at another example of someone trying to control the narrative. And we will look at Naaman. Second Kings chapter 5, verses 1, reads this way. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him Yehoah had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. So now you have a little girl that was a slave in Syria, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Hmm. The curses, right? Disobedience. And she said unto her mistress, Would Elohim my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. Verses 5. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and 10 changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto you, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I Elohim to kill and to make alive, that this man was sent unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. So he's trying to start controversy, some problems. Because Israel in the northern kingdom was um, in alliance with Syria at that time. And it was so when Elisha, the man of Elohim, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore have you rent your clothes? Why did you tear your clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall come again to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was wroth, he was upset. And went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me 
See, that's pride speaking, family. And stand and call on the name of Yahuwah, his God, his Elohim, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. So here you have a commander that is trying to command the prophet and saying, this is what I want of him. This is what he's supposed to do. I'm upset. I don't like what is said. I recognize him as a prophet, but I want him to do the stuff that I want him to do the way I wanted to do it. Because after all, I'm a man of pomp and flair and whatever it is. And this guy has to come out and greet me and salute me and stand here and do this thing. And, you know, this is what the people expect. They expect to control the men of Elohim. It doesn't work like that, family. You're always going to have problems. You're always going to have problems. Verses 12. Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? So now he's saying, don't we have better waters than this? <laughs> May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, put the parade up, chariots going through the streets, the day off, everyone can come out and see the great captain of the host of Syria is being healed and let's have a celebration and have food. If, if that was done, <laughs> wouldn't you have not done it? How much rather then when he said unto you, wash and be clean? I mean, just, just go wash yourself. Is it too hard to listen to the word? You want things to be the way you want it to go, Israel? All Hebrews have to be negroid. The heads have to be uncovered because Paul said this. Um. This thing and the other, I mean, you just, you continue looking for things to pick at. Then when he down and dipped himself seven times in, in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of Elohim, and his flesh came again, like onto the flesh of what? What does the Bible say? A little girl, a little child, just like the maid. And he was clean. So he was humbled. He was humbled. And he returned to the man of Elohim, and he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know, now I know. I didn't know it before because I couldn't trust and obey. I had to question. That sounds like Israelites to me. Question, 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 question. Now I know that there is no Elohim in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray you, Take this bribe. I'm sorry. Take a blessing of your servant. <laughs> this sounds just like Simon the Sorcerer. I'm going to pay for this thing. Take a blessing of your servant. But he says, as you all live, before whom I stand, whom I represent, I will receive none. Just like the other prophet, this time he says, I'm not taking anything. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. The other prophet ate, drank, all that stuff. But another person that uh, said he was a prophet sent by an angel. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray you, 
be given to your servant two mules burdened for earth, burden of earth. Can I just give your servant just a couple of donkeys here? <laughs> for your servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods, but unto you are. In this thing, you will pardon your servant, that when my master go into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he lean up on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Ramon, when I bow down myself in the house of Ramon, you will pardon your servant in this thing. And he said unto him, Go in peace. So he departed from him a little way, just left a little way. But Gehazi, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of Elohim, said, Behold, so now, what you're seeing here, family, is kind of like what we read before. It's almost like the two sides. The prophet that said, no, I'm not going to do it. You had two, what's the word I'm looking for? Two uh, characters of the same one guy. And you find the same characters, the two characters. One side say, I'm going to obey the Most High, and the other side disobey the Most High. You find the same thing happening, thematically speaking, in this story with Elisha. Elisha the prophet and his servant. Elisha said, I'm not going to do it, but his servant turned around and do something different. My master have spared Naaman this Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as you all liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from a chariot to meet him and said, Is everything okay? Is all well? And he said, "All Everything's fine. It's all, all is well. My master have sent me. This is a lie. Remember we read where the guy said, <laughs> an angel, my master sent me, saying, Behold, even now, there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray you, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Hmm. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garment and laid them upon two of his servants and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. So he had a, he had a, a um, what do you call those? Um, what do you call those trucks that drop all the cash off? <laughs> He had an armored vehicle dropping off the uh, deposit, right? Verses 25, And when he went in and stood before his master, Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? Where are you coming from? And he says, Your servant didn't went anywhere. I went nowhere. I was here all along. <laughs> the lies. Verse 26, And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with you? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet you, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments 
and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servant and maid servants so he's letting them know that listen there is a time for certain things but this wasn't a time the most high did not give us this time to receive any merchandise israelites know that the bible says the prophets reward and the rewards go accordingly don't muzzle an ox, whatnot. The Bible speaks about these things, but that wasn't a time to receive those things. Is it a time to receive money? Garments, olive yards, vineyards, sheep, oxen, men, men servants, and maidservants? The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto you and unto your seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper as white as snow and according to some hebrews his hair was also straightened and he became a white man <laughs> and his nose became straight and his hair became straight i don't know where a lot of hebrew israelites get the stuff from but some stuff we just got to put to the side family anyway let's move on let's look at king ahab now second chronicles 18 verses 1 now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. And after certain years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance. So this is the two houses of Israel getting together and having a feast. Okay, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, the ten tribes and the two tribes. Okay, And for the people that he had with him and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth-Gilead. And Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are, and, and my people as your people, and we will be with you in the war. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, find out, I pray you, at the word of you are today. Go get the prophet. Let's find out what we're going to do. Okay. Therefore the king of Israel gathered together, of the prophets, of prophets, 400 men, and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for Elohim will deliver it into the king's hand. Hmm. But Jehoshaphat says, Now Jehoshaphat, of course, is in the south. Okay. Remember in the north you had. A lot of um, funny business going on with the priests and the prophets and all kinds of stuff, right? Okay, keep that in mind. Because Jeroboam had set up all kinds of bums to be priests, and he just made uh, certain people righteous people overnight, okay? So uh, Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of Yahuwah besides that we may inquire? Do we have somebody else instead of this 400? Because, I mean, come on now, 400? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet but one man by whom we may inquire of you. Wow. But I hate him. <laughs> He's the old school Chevy. He's not the new school Chevy that you have all the accessories and stuff. You know, you can change out this and upgrade and whatnot. You know, change the rims and do what? Whatever you want with it. He's old school. He's rough. He's rugged. I can't take him. I can't deal with him. For he never prophesied good unto me but always evil. He doesn't do what I want him to do. The same is Micaiah, the son of Imlah, 
And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Don't say so. Just, just hear him out. And the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, go, go fetch quickly Micaiah, the son of Imlah. Fetch him. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, sat either of them on his throne, clothed in their robes, and they sat in a void place at the entering in of the gate of Samaria. So where the judges normally sit, and all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Cana, had made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith you are, with these you shall push Syria until they be consumed. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for you are shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the messenger that went to call Machai, uh, spake to him, saying, Behold the words of the prophet, declare good to the king with one assent. Speak like everybody else. You have all of these groups out there. You need to have the six-pointed star like everybody else. Don't cover your head. Wear the fringes like everybody else. You got to be just like everyone else. Let the word, let your word, therefore, I pray you, be like one of theirs and speak thou good. I hope you all can see this. Everybody's in the same accord. All the churches are the same. Everybody's the same. No difference, right? Let's see what the book says. This is what they want. They want to build a prophet. They want to add, take away, change him up. And Micaiah said, as Yehuah live, even what my Elohim says, that will I speak. And when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Okay, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And he said, go you up and prosper, <laughs> and they shall be delivered into your hand. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure you that you say nothing but the truth to me in the name of Yuwah? So this king, they, they know that this guy is, is different. This is why they challenge him from the beginning. I don't want this guy to take his word because he doesn't say what we want. So when he finally says something that they're looking for, there's a problem. And this is how it is in Israel with our people. We want to do things according to what we want. <laughs> but then at the same time, you're fearful because you know that uh, it's not right. Let me read it again. I'll start from 15. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure you that you say nothing but the truth to me in the name of you? Nothing but the truth, but so help me God. Hmm? And he says, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as a sheep that have no shepherd. And Yehoah said, These have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good unto me, but evil? Again he says, Therefore, hear the word of Yehoah. I saw Yehoah sitting upon his throne. And all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And Yuwa said, 
who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one spake, saying, after this manner, and another saying, after that manner. Then there came out a spirit and stood before Yuwah and said, I will entice him. And Yuwah said unto him, wherewith, what are you going to use? And he said, I will go out and be a lion spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Hmm. I will put the lies in all of these prophets. And Yuwah says, you shall entice him and you shall also prevail. Go out. And do even so. Family, we are dealing with spiritual things and we have to be very careful. We have to be very, very careful. These things are our history. And we should know how to serve our Elohim and not fall into traps. When the Mosite tell you once, twice, and three times not to do something, if you're lucky, he'll tell you twice. And if by happenstance he give you a third time, count it all a blessing because you're not going to have another chance to get away. Because when he puts that hammer down, that's the end of it. It continues to say, Now therefore, behold, Yahuwah have put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and Yahuwah have spoken evil against you. And Zedekiah, the son of Hanah, came there and smote Micah upon the cheek and said, Which way went the spirit of Yuah from me to speak unto you? So now, this is what the people would do. This king had the gall, not the king, but Zedekiah, this false prophet, had the gall to slap the guy upon the cheek. He didn't go the same way as the others. And this is what people tend to do. They utilize tools. They don't come directly and slap you. They use words to slap you over the face. And it said, uh, verse 24, Micah said, Behold, you shall see on that day when you shall go into an inner chamber, inner chamber to hide yourself. Then the king of Israel said, Take Micah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son. And say, thus saith you are, put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I return in peace. And Micah said, if you certainly return in peace, then have not you are spoken by me. <laughs> and he said, hearken all you people. Listen, people, to what's going on. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth. Gilead, and the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself. Remember the disguise thing that happened before with um, Jeroboam? And the result was death. He had his wife disguise herself, and the child died. Haven't we learned anything? So now Jehoshaphat is going to disguise himself, and I will go to the battle, but put thou on your robes put on your clothes so the king of israel disguised himself and they went to the battle now the king of syria had commanded the captains of the chariots that were with him saying fight do you not with small or great don't don't fight with these people my beef is only with the kings of israel save only the king of israel because the king of israel was put into the hands of the syrians to serve them 
And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, It is the king of Israel. Therefore they compassed about to fight, about him to fight. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and Yahweh helped him. <laughs> and Elohim moved them to depart from him. And it came to pass that when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. So this garment was put on. I looked like the king of Israel. The Most High fixed it up in such a way that the thing was revealed. Verses 33, And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore, he said to his chariot man, Turn thine hand, that you may carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, howbeit the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even. And about the time of the sun going down, he died. <laughs> Second Chronicles 19, verses 1. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanai, the seer, went out to meet him and said to Jehoshaphat, Shouldest you help the ungodly and love them that hate Yehovah? Let me repeat that again. Because this is the builder bear or the builder pastor or builder preacher or builder teacher project that is in Israel. So now the seer, the prophet, came out and said to him, Should you be helping the ungodly? and those people that hate the Most High? Therefore is wrath come upon you from before you are. Nevertheless, there are good things found in you, in that you have taken away the groves out of the land, and have prepared your heart to seek you are. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again through the people from Beersheba uh, to Mount Ephraim, and brought them back unto Hewah, Elohim of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout the fence, throughout all the fence cities of Judah, city by city. And said to the judges, Take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for Yahuwah, who is with you in the judgment. So he, he at least, <laughs> he listened to some degree. He listened and he uh, did what was right. For man, but for Yahuwah, who is with you in the judgment. Wherefore now, let the fear of Yahuwah be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with Yahuwah, our Elohim, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. You see, there's no bribing. There's no enticing. Moreover, in Jerusalem, the Jehoshaphat set of the Levites, and of the priests, and of the chief of the fathers, for the judgment of Yahweh and for controversies when they return to Jerusalem. Remember we read that in Deuteronomy? The Mosai had given an order. He set the teachers, the judges, the priests, the people to oversee the work and to bring the people into righteousness. That's what we're supposed to do, Mishpika. <laughs> I mean, after you've seen your... your um. Uh, your buddy got killed because of disobedience. The disguise did not save. <laughs> he cried out, save me, save my skin. <laughs> and he got spared. And he charged him saying, thus shall you do in the fear of you faithfully and with a perfect heart. 
So he says, listen, man, I don't want all these accessories. I want to stay plain and simple. But there's more. Second Chronicles 19 and 10 and verses 11. And what cause soever shall come to you of your brethren that dwell in your cities, between blood and blood, between law and commandment, statutes and judgments, you shall even warn them that they trespass not against Yehovah. And so wrath come upon you and upon your brethren. This do that you shall not trespass, and you shall not trespass. This is so important, Mishpaka. This is so important. The Most High has given you teachers for a reason. I am tired of seeing our brethren say, I'm glad I found your channel, good teaching. But then out of the blue, just that whole thing changed. That whole thing changed. It's as if you want to change the narrative. You want to have things set a certain way. You're not satisfied. And you go like a honeybee from one flower to the other. Verses 11, and behold, Amara, Amaria, the chief priest, is over you in all matters of Yuwah. And Zebediah, the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters, also the Levites, shall be officers before you. Deal courageously, and Yuwah shall be with the good. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 20 and 20 says, and they arose early in the morning, and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in Yahweh, your Elohim. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. Believe. You've got to do what is right. And everything has to be according to the word. Let's look at what Yeshua had to say. Because we've seen all these examples family let's um let's see what yeshua have to say leave the teacher in elohim's hand a lot of times we want to do the most high work we don't want to allow the most high to raise the person's life up to become a king like with saul and when the time come that that king disobeys the most high take the king down the most high is the one who set up kings He's the one that's going to bring them down. This is why David says, I will not touch the Most High's anointed. I don't care what he did, what he's doing, what he's about to do. I'm going to do what the Most High called me to do, and I'm going to do it good. And I'm doing this on the behalf of Israel. I was called as a shepherd for the sheep, and as long as they're hungry, I'll be here for them. I'm going to continue fighting for Israel, but I'm not going to go and follow wicked people. Let the most I deal with the wicked. So this is Yeshua's words, Luke 9, 49 to 56. He said, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. Again, the same mentality of I want to control the narrative. I want to set this thing up according to what we want. He's not part of our posse, clique, group, camp, or whatever. So we want to stop him. Yeshua said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. King Saul is fighting against the enemy. David says, I am fighting against the enemy. 
even though King Saul don't really care for me too much, he's there for a reason. Leave the man alone. The Most High will deal with him. You do what you got to do. Verses 51, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. This is the same thematic piece that we read with the prophet who was to do certain things and the people wanted him to do something else and they didn't like that so much. Guess where that whole thing was um, based on? In the north, where Samaria was the capital, okay? The 10 tribes. Luke 9, 54 says, And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will you that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? Shall we destroy them because they're not on our team? <laughs> But he turned and rebuked them and says, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. Hmm? You don't understand what's going on. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now, when the prophet came and told the king what was going to happen, the king could have said, you know what? I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go. Because he was asking a question. Should we go and fight this thing? Should we go and fight? And the prophet says, go ahead. And then the guy says, well, we know you always tell the truth. Speak the truth. He says, I see you all scattered like sheep. At that point in time, he should say, you know what? We're going to stay home. Forget it. I repent. I'm sorry. But he didn't. And therefore, our lion spirit went out and pushed them on to their own destruction. And Yeshua is saying, listen, I didn't come to become a lion spirit. I came to save people's lives. I came, and they went to another village. So we have people who, they always want you to partner with them. They want you to be designed like them. They want to change you to suit their narrative, their whatever agenda that they have going on. If you're not um, on their team, they want to fight you. They want to write all kinds of messages. They're not even paying attention to what is being said. They're not taking the sense to learn what is being said. They just want to fight you and fight you and fight you. It makes no sense. Let's look at Moses' words, Numbers 11, 24 to 29. And Moses went out and told the people the words of Yuwah and gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And Yuwah came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders, and it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out of the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. So you have these men, these 70 that were filled with the Spirit that was on Moses, came from Moses, came upon them. Uh, the 68 went, and the two stayed behind, and they prophesied. So 
And they ran a young man and told Moses, says, Ildad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and says, My Lord Moses, forbid them. It's the same thematic thing. This is how we know that Yeshua is the prophet like unto Moses, because whatever happened to Moses' family is what we see that will happen also with the Messiah. It's the same script of the Messiah's role. Moses says unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Is this the reason why you want to call fire down from heaven over here? As Elias did. Hmm? Are you doing it because of my sake, because you follow me? Would Elohim that all Yehuah's people were prophets, and that Yehuah would put his spirit upon them? It would be good if everybody can be involved in the work and do the work of the Most High, do the work of the kingdom, and stop being caught up with the garments and the covering. Listen to the word. Are you being fed? When you come to the table, do you get a meal? Don't say, well, a meal was good, but <laughs> I really enjoyed all the meals that you put out, but the burning bush that Moses saw was a, um, a marijuana tree <laughs> that was not consumed. And Moses was there sniffing on, on um, Kali weed, you know, ganja, and, um, and things like that. And he, he went to Pharaoh high, <laughs> let my people go. See, this is the kind of foolishness that our people like to dwell in. And this is why we find ourselves still in captivity. I don't care how much Daniels, Shadrachs, and uh, Meshach and, and um, the Negroes we have around, we're still in captivity because of the stiff-necked Hebrews that we have around us. Let's look at the words of wisdom from Gamaliel, Acts chapter 5, 34 to 42. This is the time of the apostles teaching and whatnot. And of course, the Pharisees didn't want um, the word to go out. They wanted these men to be stopped. Again, the same project of building people in their own image. Uh, Acts 5.34 says, Then stood there up one in a council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Give them a break. Give them a chance and said unto them, You men of Israel, Take heed to yourself what you intend to do as touching these men. Be careful what you do with these men. For before these days rode up Tudius, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves. Why do we always see this number 400 showing up? 400 priests of Baal, 400 of these prophets going out, prophesying to go up to uh, Ramon Gilead, you keep seeing this number 400. Hmm? Why is that, Mishpaka? Join themselves. Who was slain? And the outcome is always the same. And all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered. Hmm. Like the prophet said, and brought to nothing, to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of Taxin and drew away much people after him, he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him and were dispersed. See, I always tell people, listen, 
I'm going to do my best to teach as much as the Most High gave me the power to teach. But if the Most High put me there, he put me there. If anyone's going to take me down, let it be the Most High. That should be your concern. Let's listen to your advice. Verses 38, and now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Leave them alone. Let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught, nothing. But if it be of Elohim, you cannot overthrow it. Lest happily you be found even to fight against Elohim. Now the man was speaking sense to the people. Leave the people alone. Whatever camp it is, whatever business, you don't have to be going blasting this one for saying this. Leave them alone. If they want to curse, let them curse. Leave them alone. If the Most High have them doing that, it will continue. If not, it will be torn down. Just leave the people alone. The Most High is going to deal with it. I'm tired of seeing people go from chat room to, and even within this group, I have seen some who go over to other groups and saying all kinds of stuff. I see it. They come back to the room after they made a fight, and shalom. I don't like that, Mishpaka. I don't like it, and don't do it here. If you're doing it, stop it. Don't do it. It's not good. Don't go up in people's houses and cause trouble. Do not do these things. Leave the people home as it is. You don't like something, go somewhere else. Okay? Verses 40, and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Yeshua and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. Let's take a quick look at bribes. We're almost done, family. Almost done. So a few more words and we'll say shalom. The bribe is not always money. Enticing a person is equal to changing a judgment for a reward. Sometimes people entice you so you can change your teachings. And it will reward you. It doesn't have to be money. It can be other things. That's no different from a bribe. That's just another form of bribery. Whereas a bribe can be the use of a reward with the same result to change the judgment. Let me pay you up front so you can do this thing. And Tyson, let me give you these words so you can change this thing, and then you'll get pay in the back end. The Mosai doesn't like when people try to sway from doing what is right and from the word of our king into something just because you that's what you want. Proverbs 1 and 10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, consent thou not. Don't consent with them. Don't follow them. We find the same teaching uh, in the Torah that speaks about if people go out to do Certain things, don't go out with them. But you need to let the people know that they will repent. Stop them. If they go to another city and do something crooked, you got to put an end to that. Okay? That was when Israel was able to do a lot of things that we 
um, could have done. But now we only have the framework of that where we can't kill people, but we can put them out. You know, we can't stone them, but we can put them out. We can shut them down. Don't encourage people to do wrong. And some of you all like to get together with others and try to do things. Don't do that kind of stuff. 1 Samuel 8, verses 1 to 3, gives us a glimpse similar to what happened with um, when Joshua had died. He got to a point where he died, then things went wrong. But in this case, we have Samuel, who was very close to dying. 1 Samuel 8, verses 1 to 3, And it came to pass, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, and his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Mishpachal, we cannot do these things. We can't do these things. And sometimes people... And I always say, and I'm saying, I'll be very, very frank, okay? Many of you all are kind to give donations. And sometimes when there are certain things that are said you don't like, you stop giving donations. It was a free will offering. You give a free will offering, and you said it is a free will offering from your heart to the Most High for the work of the kingdom. And when something comes up, that you don't like, you stop doing it, you know what you're acting out? You're acting out a bribe. Think about that. Because you're doing it for the service of what pleases you. It no longer becomes a free will offering. Do you think that when Yeshua was walking up and down in Galilee and whatnot, that when the people, the priests and those people were doing things, making deals with Roman, with Herod and whatnot, that the people stop from putting their offerings in the temple, you cannot find that Mishpachah. They were obligated by the Torah to do their part. It had nothing to do with because the priests, that they figured the priests were making deals with Herod or whatnot. You think David stopped from doing what he was doing because Saul was doing what he was doing? No, Mishpachah. You're still obligated. You're in a marriage and because this and that you shut down. You are in a school because of this, you shut down. You in a church because of this, you shut down. Whatever. Not supposed to be like that. That is a perversion. That is not right. Ecclesiastes 4, 23, 25, and 28. And this is our last reading. It says, And refrain not to speak when there is occasion to do good, and hide not your wisdom in her beauty. When the thing is coming out beautiful, let it come out. When it's supposed to come out, let it come out. Don't hold it back. And I am obligated to tell you all the truth. Whether people like it or not, I still have to teach. I still have to continue. I can't change because, or teachers should not change because unless they're doing something wrong, then the Most High need to speak to them because wisdom will talk to them for a certain time. And again, if I am doing something that is not right, the Most High will deal with me directly. In no wise, verses 25, speak against the truth. 
but be abashed of the error of thine ignorance. You know, correct yourself. You know, the word come to me, I'm sorry. Repent. Strive for the truth unto death, and Yahweh shall fight for you. As we saw with Jehoshaphat. You know, do what is right. The Most High will fight for us. He will, you know, he will keep us. And I have the responsibility. I'll continue doing what I have to do. Sirach 20 and 29 says, Presents and gifts blind eyes of the wise and stop up his mouth that he cannot reprove. Presents and gifts. If what is given is a present and a gift and it's, the intent is to, to sway things or to go based on your emotions, it's almost like um, when you love, like people were voting for a president and they love, they throw all kind of money behind a president and when a president passed the law, they don't know all that is happening. They don't see what the president have to deal with. They don't know, but if there's something that they don't like, all of a sudden they just hold back. It says, I'm not supporting this president anymore. Okay. Okay. No problem. No problem. So by default, when you think along those lines, you're basically building a pastor. You may not say so to yourself, but that's what you're doing. I cannot see around the corner. I did not know if my father was going to be a good father, my mother's going to be a good mother and whatnot. But I trusted whatever my father put on the table, I ate. I didn't go back and say, well, maybe he's hiding a hamburger or sandwich from me. When my mother gave me a slice of cake, I was not vexed with my mother for only giving me a slice of cake. I, take, I took that slice and I ate it and I was satisfied with what I received from her. And when I noticed that my brother got two slices more than me, I didn't make a fuss because my parents give according to the equity of the house. My brother was bigger. He deserved a little bit more. <laughs> he has more cells that he got to process, right? You know, we, we go through life and we see how things work in the real, in real time. And then we come over on the side of uh, righteousness or the, this walk. And then we want to chop things up and slice and dice it. And I, I really don't understand, Mishpaka. What is it that we're really looking for? You cannot cry and ask the most, I send me a teacher. I, believe me, I can, read, I can read a lot of emails that I receive. I can go back years, Mishpaka. I can go back years and read emails. Oh, how great, all kinds of florally talk and whatnot. And as soon as something comes up, it's just changed. It's just changed. But I have to continue to be as the sun shining. When the Most High brought evil upon Israel, <laughs> Israel still have to give the honor and glory unto the Most High. When he sent Babylon unto Israel, Israel still have to serve. Here we are in this diaspora, and we haven't learned anything yet. We want to flee to Egypt. We want to go here, go there, everywhere else. We're not going nowhere until the Most High himself deliver us. You can go to Israel right now and march up and down in the desert and follow groups who says, return back to Israel. And find yourself having to serve in the Israeli military, your little ones, 
Because to stay over there, you have to put your children into the military. Or just become a beggar in Israel. You can't become a citizen. You can't do this. You can't do that. Is that what you want? See, there's only one way back to Zion, and that's by the king. And if we don't serve the king in righteousness, and we don't follow the simple things that he has given to us, we will never, never, never make it. As a matter of fact, when he returns, he's going to set things in order. And um, the book of Ezekiel lays it out very, very plainly. Everything will be restored. You still have to follow the guidelines that you don't want now. So you say, okay, I'll save for later. No problem. Save it for later on. You're going to have a thousand years. You might be the sinner that dies at a hundred years old. No problem if that's what you want. But see, I'm going to press on to the kingdom and I'm going to do all that I can. I don't want to be like the prophet who was given a directive and then someone came and told him, I'm a prophet too. I'm a Hebrew Israelite too. The Bible says this and that is different. When the Most High put it black and white, this is how things are supposed to be done. And we says, no, I don't like that. I don't like it. So uh, I hope this um, helped make sense to our people. And I try my best to deliver with enough. When I give the milk, the meat, I give enough milk and cookies at the same time. But sometimes I got to just leave it plain. Okay, just plain old, um, like they say in Jamaica, fried dumpling or bakes or, you know, <laughs> something hard, okay? Something tough for our people because um, we have to really get uh, moving again. It's time for us to wake up. We, we have come a long way, family, and I hope all of us can make it into the kingdom. So I'll leave these words with you. I hope that um, it has given you sense, and especially to those who have questions about um, head coverings or whatever, I got a class on that. I do have a lot of videos. Forgive me. I, I cannot post everything right away. I'm trying to juggle a lot of things. I am not a Levite that's sitting up somewhere just doing scripture all day. Um, I have a family to take care of, and it is what it is. Okay, it is what it is. I'm trying to get to the point where I don't have to depend on no free will or nothing. I can just do the work. I can travel. I can do whatever it is. What I happen to be a builder pastor type because I'm not going to be restrained from teaching just because I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do regardless. Whether I can do it great or small, I'm going to still try. But if not, the most I will put another teacher. You may not like the other teacher that's going to come. This other teacher might be firm, will not smile, or just give it to you and says, this is what the text is saying, and you may not like it. And believe you me, there are some teachers in the wing that are like that. Moses was meek, but, whoa, y'all don't want a Joshua. <laughs> and believe you me, Joshua is waiting around the corner to be tough with you all. And um, we shall see. With that said, uh, let me get Elder. And uh, Elder, if you can, just close out with a word of prayer for the Mishpachah. I pray that the Most High bless each and every one of you all in the name of our King. Elder. Shalom, teacher. Shalom, family. Shalom, Elder. How are you, Elder? Oh, teacher, I'm blessed. All right. Hallelujah. I am blessed. The words, the words reach right home. The words were spoken. And I think it, it, it's really enough. 
enough learning there because um, all the teaching that there that the world is for our, our example this example is for us all the things that you mentioned is to bring us closer you know so I'm glad for the words tonight I want to lift up the Heavenly Father I want to thank him for you for the teaching it's really a blessing tonight I hope each and everyone that listened to the words tonight, I hope they are, they are blessed. We cannot change the world. All we have to do is to be obedient. Enough example, enough things there that I don't have to ask any question but to follow. Elder, let me say something real quick before you pray. Um, again, in Isaiah 30, verses 20, it speaks about the teachers will not be removed into a corner anymore, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Uh, family, and to those on YouTube, if this video makes it out there, most I willing. I would be very concerned when there's no longer, when you no longer can see your teachers anymore. If you don't see your teachers anymore, hmm, maybe the time has come because it's like equivalent to Noah, the point in time when Noah went into the ark if you read the book of Enoch, there was a time when Enoch stopped preaching to the people. Go ahead and read that book. And then he just disappeared. And that's when everything went upside down. So when the time come where you're not seeing the teachers anymore that teach according to the Most High, it's, it's game over. All right, so appreciate what you have when you have it. You know, uh, Times are really wrapping up, Mishpaka, and uh, they don't have too many teachers that care about you and uh, don't beat you over the head and whatnot. But it's coming to the point where you're not going to have either one, either one to beat you <laughs> or one to care for you. It's going to come down where he's going to say enough is enough. It's coming. It's coming. All right, Elder, I'm sorry. Uh, it's all yours. Thank you, teacher. I give God the praise for the night forum. My heart really blessed tonight to hear the words and the hours that put in there from the time you start and I give God thanks again for you, for the spirit that he had put in you to teach and I pray that the Heavenly Father will continue to give you the words and it's the words that correct in us and it's the words that will give us salvation. It's the, it's the words that Elohim speaking to us. We cannot see him, but he is the word. And you, you bring in the words, and that is Elohim speaking to me. I don't know about anybody else, but I love the words tonight. So I thank God very much, and I pray that his blessing will continue to be with you, to, to keep you strong, and his spirit will lead you to give you more and more each day. And to give and to encourage you more and more that you should never stop, but you, do, but you should continue until the end. So I thank God very much. Let us pray. Father, great is your name and greatly to be praised. I want to thank you again for your words tonight. I want to thank you again for the teacher that you have presented to us. Those who want to hear or those who don't want to hear, 
It don't make no difference. But your words must go forward. Bless us tonight with your words. Allow the words that were spoken to find place in each and every heart that are hungry and are thirsty for righteousness' sake that they will be filled. We thank you so much tonight for each and every one that participate. Those that are not feeling well, I pray, Father, that thou may touch their bodies, that they all may receive healing, and they all will feel that they all will be well and enjoy the blessing that you have given to us. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the praise tonight for your man, for the manservant. We give you the thanks and the praise because we ask it through your son, Yeshua, then we pray. And God's children everywhere say, Amen. And Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Elder. Thank you for your wonderful prayer. Thank you. Well, Mishpaka, I thank you so much for joining us. And also thank you for the many prayers, support. Thank you for everything. And I pray that the most I continue to guide you and be with you all now and forevermore. Blessings, Lila Tov. Love you all. Stay strong, stay sharp. Until next time, Shalom.